0: Hey, listeners, today I have a fellow STEAM teacher join us, and I cannot wait to talk with her for the first time ever, but we've been acquaintances for quite some time, so stay tuned and listen in. Welcome to the iHeartSteam podcast with your host, Bonnie Kirkley. Bonnie has been working in the STEAM education profession for the past 12 years. Her mission is to share her story with educators like you that love STEM, STEAM, and project-based learning. Currently, she works with a team of educators creating the ultimate STEAM certified school. Let her share the good, the bad, and the joyful with you in her STEAM journey. Learn everything you will ever need to know about STEM and STEAM education right here. Now, here is your host, Bonnie Kirkley. Hey, listeners, and welcome to today's podcast interview with a fellow STEM teacher. I'm so excited. And I have to tell you, we actually have been talking now for about 30 minutes before I hit record, and I think we could have just talked all day. I don't know. What do you think? I do.
1: <laughs> I agree.
0: So listeners, let me tell you who I have on with me today. I have Miss Megan Donnell. And did I say that right? Or Donnell?
1: Donnell. Mhm.
0: Yep. Miss yep. Megan Donnell, and she is a STEM lab teacher in DeKalb County, right?
1: Yes, ma'am. Tell you what? You tell us about you so that we get it right. Okay. All right. Well, um my name is Megan Donnell, and um I am a STEM lab teacher in DeKalb County. Uh Let's see. This is heading into year. Oh gosh, four I think in the lab. Year six overall at my current school, and years seventeen or eighteen of teaching um, all together. I am a UGA grad. Go dogs! <laughs> yes, go dogs! <laughs> <laughs> um, I um went on to get my uh, master's in ed leadership from Nova Southeastern. And um, I have a love of life science specifically, um, but science in general, I think I get it from my dad. He was a chemist and um, in the Air Force. And so I just, I spent a lot of time with him both in high school um, where he was senior aerospace science instructor for Morgan County High School. And then um, just, you know, being his kid and doing experiments and doing science projects together. And um, so I think that's where, you know, all my love for everything science comes from. But that's a little bit about me. That's
0: amazing. I um, connect with you right away. I mean, we totally are soul sisters. I know it. Um, My dad is a farmer, but He is so mechanical and he never gives himself enough credit for how ingenious some of the things are. So I hung out with him and on the farm, and we built stuff and figured things out. And he would show me this and show me that, and pretty much was just his sidekick too. And learned a lot about life science. Mm. He loved, he always had animals for us, Mm. always. And really I've told so many people they're like how can you do that or how do you know how to fix that and I'm like I think it's just how I grew up yeah. you know I, I was his boy too because he didn't have any boys so he you know if there was a hard job to be done he um made you do it harder than he would make any boy <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. So anyway look Since you like science so much, would you be interested in a little bit of an experiment?
1: Oh, Lord. Okay.
0: Here we go. I thought about doing this just maybe about two hours ago. In all of my podcasts where I have um, a guest on, at the end, when we're done talking, I usually play a game with them. But I thought, you know what? I wonder what would happen if we played the game first and had a laugh first. And then started talking. And so I was like, I bet she would like this experiment because she's an experiment type person. And I can compare the data and see, you know, if this podcast turns out to be the best one I've ever done. Okay. So what do you think? All right, let's go for it. All right. Well, we are going to play Miss Donnell turns up tonight. Oh, does that sound good? Okay. okay. <laughs> Okay, so I just have some questions for Miss Donnell Turns Up Tonight. Okay. If you could go anywhere to have fun tonight, where would you go? And pretend everything's normal and no limitations
1: on where you can go. Mm. Where would I go? Oh, gosh, probably a beach just to sit um, right there by the ocean, listen to the waves, watch the sunset, and just reset myself. Mm Mm-hmm. Sounds good. What if I told you that you have
0: unlimited funds, but just for one night?
1: Hmm. Hmm. What would I do with them? Gosh, I probably would make some serious purchases and some investments (laughs) so that that even though I spent it that night, I'm going to get it back later. It would last. Okay. (laughs) So where are we going for dinner tonight?
0: When you turn up, where, what restaurant are we going to?
1: We are going to probably Papa Do's. We're going to get some seafood, some gator. Um, mm. Yeah, we're going to try some different stuff and have um, an, an adult beverage. Mm-hmm. Yes, Fun. All right.
0: I haven't been there, so okay. I have to check that out. Yeah. Um, so you just told me what you would order for dinner. That was my next question. Some seafood, an adult beverage. All right, here's the next question. Would we be dancing, singing, or listening to music?
1: Oh, definitely dancing and singing. Got to have a good time.
0: All right, what song is going to be playing?
1: Hmm, let's see. Maybe Live Like You're Dying. Mm. (laughs) Right? All right, well, who would you be taking with you to turn up? Hmm. My whole tribe. Let's see: Marquis, Ebony, <laughs> um, Toya, hey Pam. Like, all the names. Kayla. <laughs> hey, um, I'm trying to think. Zane, you. Um, oh. I gotta bring all my peeps with me, so it'd be a whole entourage.
0: It would be a fun night. All right, so what pair of shoes? are you going to wear tonight to turn up in?
1: Oh, girl, I got to wear something um, flat because anything higher than flat yeah. is not safe So, because um, I can't walk in heels. So we're going to pull out either some cute sneakers or some functional flats. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on that for sure. I'm telling you, we, we are sisters.
0: Tell us what kind of dream transportation you would have for tonight.
1: Oh, goodness. Um, hmm. Dream transportation. Maybe, um, uh, I don't know, something Something blacked out and something I can ride in the back, not necessarily a <laughs> limousine, but it's got okay. sharp. I just don't know what I don't know, You're but the driver for sure. Mm-hmm, I don't want to drive, so somebody else can drive me.
0: Okay, I think this let's see, yeah, this is my last question okay. for turning up tonight. If you can invite. One famous person. It doesn't have to be an actor. It doesn't have to be a person living. They can be long gone. It could be someone just well-known sports person, singer to a company. It could be a scientist. Mm -hmm. Your crew for tonight, who would it be?
1: Hmm. Goodness, that's a tough one. Are you going to bring back the dead? (laughs) I think I am, but I'm like, who? Because it's only one person. Do I bring back my dad? Do I bring back my mom? I bring back my favorite girl, Harriet Tubman. I don't know. Um, um, mm, this is a toughie. Um, I know. <laughs> mm, I might have to think about that one. One person. We'll one. Do
0: it. Why don't you think about it and we will talk some STEM talk. Okay. And before we go, we'll see if you have an answer for it. Does that sound good? Sounds that good. That's fair. <laughs> okay. All right. So back to business. Okay. That was actually a lot of fun. It was fun. I like that. Had me thinking on my toes. Okay. So, Miss Donnell, she is a STEM lab instructor at a K-5 school, and she is in North Georgia in DeKalb County. Tell us just what a normal school day is like for you. Just a regular Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever day you want it to be.
1: Okay. Now, is this when we were in school? or When we were in school. Okay. When we were in- So when we were in school, um, my week was was varied. So first of all, I alternate when I see certain grade levels. Fifth grade, I see every week. Um, But K, two, and four, I see like on my week A week. And one, three, and five, I see on my week B week. And then Mondays, I have office hours for planning with grade levels to support them with their lesson plans or pulling resources or... Um, planning activities or helping them go through the 5E instructional model uh, so that they're prepared for the week, or it may be my day to do PLs and PDs with them. Then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm teaching, 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 teaching. Like soon as I hit the building, I'm doing morning duty uh, in the car lane outside, greeting the kids and you know, wishing them a great day and giving hugs. Um, Then I start my classes at like 7.45 and they're back to back. So my day, if it's a week A day, let's take Mm -hmm. that for instance. I'll have second grade first thing in the morning at 7.45. I'll have um, a short break to switch materials for um, my next grade level, which is kindergarten. And then um, I'll have lunch duty. So I'll go to the cafeteria and monitor our fifth and first and... Who sits in the middle? Third graders. And then I'll come back to the classroom and I'll do fifth grade um, and work with them. And then I'll have like um, my lunch real quick. And then I'll end the day with fourth grade. And then Fridays are days for me to meet with the administration team. I serve on our administration team to help with planning whatever my principal or assistant principal needs figured out so if it's um read across america day or if it's our character parade day or whatever we're trying to figure out instructionally or just for fun for the kids i support them with that and i kind of am the voice of science in the building so um i wear a couple different hats but that's what my day looks like you're bitsy (laughs) very <laughs> yeah, So
0: busy I'll tell you you know it's my mo- I know I have a lot of teachers that listen to this podcast but what you just said is so interesting to so many administrators because if there is one thing I know that administrators want to know about it is schedules mm-hmm. and tell me how y'all do this You know, so and I know my administrator, she'll want to hear this, too. She loves playing with the schedule, but that's one of their big things is scheduling. Mm -hmm. So sharing from school to school how you get something to fit is good for them.
1: Now, are you talking about like how our master schedule is developed or like how I pace out what I'm doing with I I guess more about your master schedule, like how you have the A and
0: the B and you see fifth grade every week, but you see alternating grades on this week and that week. Okay. Um, Because that's difficult. I know um, at our school, we play with it a lot because we have tried so hard to be able to – make whatever specials or rotation that this, they have mm-hmm. is age appropriate mm-hmm. and neat. Mm-hmm. And like if one grade needs more of something else, and we've been really trying to play with that. Okay. And we realized like kindergarten doesn't necessarily need. So um, we actually have a, we call it discovery. We have a STEM class and we call it discovery, but kindergarten actually doesn't go to discovery because first of all, They really aren't ready Mm -hmm. until maybe September or October.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. And so they just they opted for more tech time so that they can get their computer skills, you know, really work on computer skills. So that's just one way that we play with it.
1: I like that idea. And I know that with our kids taking I don't know if you've heard of uh, this uh, universal screener called the map assessment. Yes, we're
0: using it, girl. Yeah, and
1: so for them, our kindergartners, it's it's very much a struggle for them because they, right. even though they're they are techno savvy, you know, but um, navigating, you know, m- manipulating the screen and the scrollers on the screen and using a, a mouse to click and having that hand eye coordination is a little mm-hmm. challenging for them, and then knowing what to click on so that they can hear what the computer is telling them when they it's reading the question. So. The first um, thing no. they want when they get in front of that computer screen, oh, girl, they want to touch it. Yes, yeah. I mean, they want to touch it. They want to touch, touch it, baby. It's it's not a touch screen, so you can't. No. It, yeah, you got to use the mouse. Put your hand on the mouse. You know that is that hard. <laughs> yes, so it's it that I like that uh, suggestion because um now that we don't have a tech lab teacher. And I am devastated about that. I know that um, I'll need to come up with some ideas of how I can support the teachers with that. And that may be something that I'll be starting the year with myself if we go back. Well, whatever this model looks like back in the fall. Mm -hmm. So focus on some tech, more tech skills Mm -hmm. with the rural one. Yeah. Um,
0: I can tell you, and you know, like people that develop like the MAP test and, even we had our first STEM director; she actually retired, and we have a new STEM director. But when she first started with us, we started with Project Lead the Way curriculum. Do you know about that? I heard of that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, well, it's a it's a STEM project based curriculum. So we started with it, and it had a um, login.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I remember being at a meeting with her and saying. We mentioned something about kindergarten or first grade because it had this crazy long, you know, like login and mm-hmm. um, username and password. And she was like, "I mean, sh- they just type it in." I said, "Come to a kindergarten class and get all twenty, however many, mm-hmm. logged in, and then talk to me again
1: later." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I, my friend Toya, she was the the tech teacher, had this T shirt made that said. I just logged in Kindergartners, What's your superpower? (laughs) But I wanted to go back to your question about scheduling um, because I know that's what you want to know about. Well, um, I am not part of the specials rotation and um, our principal um, was very adamant about that because I think she did want me to have um, the flexibility in my schedule to be able um, to support teachers to be able to have enough time to work with the grade level so I can give them, you know, an hour, hour and 15 minutes or um, more if we have a larger project. Like I'm flexible, I can move teachers, you know, um, or or if I need to close the lab for a week, if I'm going to a professional development thing, like right. the NSTA conference was in Atlanta. So um, I was there and we missed each other. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So she was like, you know, um, she she just wanted me to have that autonomy and flexibility. So because I'm not part of the specials rotation, I set my own schedule. Now they do both approve it to make sure that I am, um, you know, working work enough, have <laughs> enough hours, you know, and touching enough kids and, and, and all of that. Um, but I kind of inherited this model of how she envisioned the STEM lab running from the previous STEM lab teacher, which was Kristen Lewis, and she was amazing. Um, But she is now our reading, our our literacy coach for K through two. So when she transitioned to that position, I came into her position from a homeroom classroom. So that was one of the things that did remain constant with the scheduling um, was that she didn't, our principal, Dr. Billingsley, did not want it to be part of the specialist rotation. Um, But other than that, you know, she told me pretty plainly what her vision was for what she wanted with the children. And, you know, I just did my best to make sure that when those standards switched in 2017, that, you know, I understood them and was able to give her that. And, it, and um, as far as I'm talking about the science standards, the Georgia right. science excellence. So when those switched that I could give her that and do um, the STEM along with it. That's perfect, that's really
0: good. I'm glad that you went back and mentioned that because I did mention you know specials or rotations, and a lot of schools that have a STEM lab set it up in that way, mm-hmm. but while we have a discovery class, then there's me, mm-hmm. and I think I told you before I'm half time steam, mm-hmm. and it's not just um like meeting with teachers. my time actually gets scheduled out like. Starting in about September, I do five weeks of every kindergarten class
1: mm-hmm.
0: every single week, and we introduce STEAM in mm-hmm. those five weeks. So, my I get scheduled into their classes, oh, not just okay. have meetings. So, like, on every other Monday, we have STEAM or we call it innovation mm-hmm. meetings where grade groups get together and we discuss multiple things, not just STEAM. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I have gifted, identified classes that I serve. And um, then I do have other breaks where I might be going into a classroom and doing a lesson. And then Friday, I'm usually in um, scheduling into the classroom. So it's sort of the same, but a little different. I don't, I'm not actually like a lab, uh-huh. but I set my room up. Like if the teachers want to come into my room, uh-huh. they can. And kindergarten loves, I love them. Oh, They're so sticky.
1: <laughs> they are. They're so excited. Oh god, a little ball yeah. of energy. But we have a yeah. try to have a um, you know good time with them. And um, luckily, I'm a former kindergarten teacher. Most of my experience yeah. in my room was like lower grade. so I I believe I have the patience for them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, especially being in a lab setting. Uh, to work with them and and let them move or expect them to be still, you know, depending on what we're doing, um, but not just come out of the bag and go bananas, you know, on them. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: That's interesting. Well, I'm I'm loving this talk so far. Let's um, let's talk about this. Why do you think the world and our schools? If we're d- distance learning or if we're in the brick and mortar building, need more STEM and STEAM instruction.
1: Because it is exactly what we do every in day life. in our lives, because all we do is problem solve all day long. Yes. So, um, yes. And, and we problem solve in a variety of ways. Some of it is verbal. Some of it is artistic and creative. Some of it is mechanical. Um, some of it is, you know, Making adjustments to you know equations or whatever so that you know our math works. So I mean it's it's so many different ways that we are doing iterations of ourselves in our lives. These right. kids need to be introduced to that so that they they recognize it when they're doing it and they become more comfortable doing it and then they solve problems that they encounter in their personal lives and in the world using these same strategies right. It's extremely important.
0: So, so many of our schools, I'll tell you, when we are working on project-based learning, my teachers tell me this all the time. I just cannot get my groups to work together. Mm-hmm. And then what have we been doing? We've been teaching to make sure that they get that the g- good score on a test. But uh-huh. like you say, when they're done with us, they're in the real world. Uh-huh. And what is it? It's group uh-huh. project work. Uh-huh. Even if you're just a cashier at Walmart, you know, you are still in a group and on a project many times with other people and you have to get along and you have to problem solve and you have to recognize strengths and weaknesses and know, be willing to help Mm -hmm. not again
1: you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and and even with that like you got at the end of the day that all boils down to the bottom line which is productivity you cannot have a successful business you cannot have a successful relationship if you're not able to clearly communicate with each other consider both people's opinions meet somewhere in the middle and then move forward that is problem solving right right So good, so good, (laughs) and our teachers just avoid
0: it because it's 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 nerve wracking, it's frustrating, and I some I don't I can't say that all teachers have been equipped with the skills to teach students how to work in a group. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And And, you know, I, I can't say that I have them all. I have some strategies, but. I'm like you, I'm reading all the time and learning new stuff and trying new things out
1: until we get it. Right. And, and now my new concern is what is collaborative instruction going to look like via COVID if we're at home? And how do I have this same feel and energy and verb for STEM and STEAM when these children are in a, a completely separate and compartmentalized environment? Yes. and I'm trying to figure out how to how to marry the two, how to make it work, you know. But I again, thought about you know, that solving, yeah. you know.
0: Here, the only things that I can come up with so far are one, whatever project you're doing, make sure that it uses or incorporates trash that they might have at home, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or two, you're just the hands. And they are the brain. And so you get instructions from the students and then they, you have to do it as if you were a programmed computer.
1: Okay. I like
0: that. And so far, that, that's, that's where I've been with it so far, mm-hmm. you know, and we're, we're planning on reopening full, but I don't know if that's going to change or not.
1: I don't know either. Um, I have not heard anything yet. And I'm waiting right now. Our district has sent out a um, kind of like a post-check survey to Mm -hmm. see what uh, parents Mm -hmm. um, and staff are feeling and how we would like to move forward. And uh, in that regard, we haven't gotten an answer yet as to like if we're coming back fully traditionally at the regular time or if they're going to delay it. If we are going to do a hybrid model, or if we're going to be fully virtual again, um, and so with all that still in the air and the clock is ticking, it's just so nerve wracking because I don't know I what to expect. I know because
0: they don't understand us. A lot of people don't understand teachers. We do not have, know how to turn teacher brain off. Nope, and when. Teacher brain doesn't know the direction to go in. It just spins and spins and spins, and you cannot do anything else, really, Mm -hmm. to the fullest. Mm -hmm. And so I've been struggling with that, but I'm trying really hard to learn how to turn it off and just be in the moment and be present where I am. But it's hard. I agree. I agree with hard, and it's been very hard. Yep. Well, tell me about one of your favorite lessons. What's one of your favorite activities to do each each year? If it was a normal year, what's one of the things you look forward to the most?
1: Okay. Well, I, my first year, I had just read this book, uh, The Wild Card by Hope and Wade King. Yes. And I was learning like, oh man, I can do room transformations. This is awesome. I'm going to do it. So like I changed the lab into like a construction zone. And the kids, um, this was with my fifth graders and we were doing their electricity standard. And so mm-hmm. I had like an escape room activity with for them to do. Um, and they had to build circuits as well. And I loved it. That was probably the most engaged I'd ever seen, um, that group of kids. And uh, in DeKalb for our CAG, our curriculum at a glance, um, electricity comes last, right? So yes. I had been working with them for quite a while. I was like, okay, oh, how can I, you know, really get them excited and amped up? That was really fun. Not necessarily a STEAM or STEM project, but just the level of engagement and I think seeing that that I could take that I could get them that engaged it yeah. had me like, oh, what else can I do? You know? So then um another thing that I have enjoyed with them is this square foot gardening PBL that I've been like, oh, tinkering with year after year. One square foot, or well, we have a garden out um, outside in our courtyard at the school, and they're raised bed gardens. And so, our first graders have the standard uh, about um, understanding the needs of plants and animals. Right, and so um, I wanted to explore that with them, but from a different angle. So in their homeroom, when I was doing planning with um, with their their teacher Miss Lyons, who wrote the science plans for first grade, we discussed um, talking to them about like how all plants don't need soil. So we created like this whole experience for them where, oh, are you there? Oh, you there, Miss Kirkley. Yeah, I'm here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, something went out. I okay. got Okay, so I was
0: the water? No water was with the plants.
1: Yes, yes. So plants that you know may get their nutrients from the air may get their nutrients as parasitic plants. You know, getting it from other plants, um, and plants uh, that that get their nutrients from the air or that don't uh need water so it was it was interesting and the kids really really loved it well then I was like, hmm, what can I do um, to help them see the difference in plant needs so um I've started exploring like this square foot gardening and so in their raised beds out in the garden, um we planned. And I let them research what plants they wanted to plant and how much space will they need and making the spacer beads so that they could see how far apart oh, they need to be. And um, so yeah, and so they, um, they've been working on it. So every year it's gotten like a little better from my end, you know, a little better. And, but it's been neat to, um, one thing that I want to do is to pair them with fifth graders who work on classification. So the fifth graders, you know, could maybe pair with them and support them. And I also thought about having third graders come in since they are supposed to be the soil experts. So, gotcha. you know, you should be able to help these children determine what type of soil, you know, would this plant needs so that they're planting it in, you know, either loamy soil or sandy soil or what have you. Um, my fifth graders should be able to help them analyze like, do these plants need full sun, part sun, shade? Why, where would these these best be planted? And like do the heavy lifting for them because they're they're still little, the first graders. So I kind of wanted to make it a, a, like a wide that was school-wide. Right. And then I thought that um, pulling in, um my principal was like, We should do a farmer's market. <laughs> I said, Okay, so let's talk about um, you know, uh goods and services and consumers and um scarcity and things of that nature. So we're taking all these social studies concepts and applying it to everything you just did that was scientific. Um
0: I don't know um how much you know about I work at um RB right and Moultrie and I don't know how much you know about our school, but each grade level has their own project except pre-K okay. and they are intertwined. And sometimes they do work together, like do a collaboration. Mm-hmm. Fifth grade makes compost. And so they, when they get some of their compost ready, they deliver it to first grade who has a garden. And, and But I say in all that, this year, we finally had a market day, and let me tell you, every single economic social study standard was covered to the fullest in that one day, and every kid can probably tell you what they did that day, and what they remember, and what's a product, and what's a good, and what's a mm-hmm. service, and revenue, profit, loss, what? expense. Yes. So I, like, I even worked with kindergarten and it was funny how we sort of presented it to them. We let them decide what they need. And then they said, Miss Kirkley made the purchases for Mm -hmm. them. And so with kindergarten, I helped, we figured out how many they were going to make of, um, they were making recycled, uh, art from water bottles Mm -hmm. and we talked about what they needed to purchase mm-hmm. and we added it all up and i i pro- it was, i'm pretty sure it was kindergarten it may have been first grade but like the next day someone came down and they're like you're not going to believe what so and so just told me they just came up to me And told me all about their project and how they had to make some money because they had to pay Miss Kirkley back, (laughs) (laughs) and how much they had to pay me back. Uh But that everything after that they got to use for their project for next year. Mm -hmm. So it was a fun, fun day. But each grade had a product to sell Mm -hmm. that day, and we invited the community. And that was probably it was March Mm fifth, and that was literally the last, like. Event that we
1: had, yeah, before,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, before everything hit, mm-hmm. and it was
1: it was fun, totally fun. I love so that idea. Do it. I I love that idea about the compost because that goes right with the um physical and chemical changes. Yeah and the bacteria. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: That she she starts it and um she introduces like microorganisms and they do talk about chemical and physical changes and. Um, our our assistant principal comes in and helps her just a little bit because he went to Georgia mm-hmm. and he did some projects um in his ag mm-hmm. uh, curriculum with composting and so he kind of comes in and introduces introduces it to them. But um it's quite the interesting project and they love it. They okay. really love it. Okay. And oh they you know, for data, they're checking temperatures and pH and then a you know, uh, visual observations, mm-hmm. and they also keep because I think it has to be somewhere over a hundred degrees when it's working. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be warm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, and that's something that they but struggle with—not too hot, with. right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, and they struggle with that because we have such a um mother nature down here, and it's the same for you. Mm-hmm. She is you know, off her meds half the time. And <laughs> <laughs> we don't know if it's supposed to be winter or summer mm-hmm. or hurricane. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, boy. But I can imagine. That, it gives I mean, them plenty of problems. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure you have pretty high temperatures a significant part of the year, higher than normal. Um, i be honest.
0: If we didn't go back full in August, it would not hurt my feelings because of that. Uh It can be like over 100 degrees. Like there have been days where we've had to put kids on the bus Mm -hmm. with bottles of water. And I'm like, I don't know how they're going to make it. Oh, wow. Yes, it's been so hot. Mm -hmm. Like it's so hot. You can just see steam sometimes. Now, it hasn't been that way in a couple of years, but we have had years like that. August is the hottest
1: month of the year probably excruciating down there I can't Mm -hmm. imagine I might faint because I'm just I'm like feeling a little anxious just imagining that kind of
0: (laughs) all right well look I've got a couple more questions for you let's see what inspires you and you kind of answered this a little bit already Mm -hmm. Um, but what inspires you when you think of a new idea or lesson where do you get most of your inspiration from Oh man, what do you do that keeps you thinking?
1: I think some of it is my desire. I mean, I don't want to pro- say to prove a point, but kind of to prove a point that these kids need to be applying their knowledge. So how can I come up with some ways to take what the teachers should be doing in their classroom and um, give them opportunities to show what they've learned or deepen And or fill in some gaps that they might have missed so that they can feel more confident because for some of them, a paper pencil test might not be the best way to demonstrate what you know. But you might shine in the STEM lab. You work well with others. You're focused on your, you know, whatever the task is. You're managing your time well. You're keeping up with your materials. You are truly problem solving. You know, you're checking in with me to see, like, well, I have questions about this, and how do I do that? And Miss Donnell, what do you recommend for this? Like, it's 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 almost for them, like, coming to a different world um, yes. to be in the STEM lab and to know Miss Donnell's about to engage us in something else. And and it's not just; it may just be one day because some of my STEM challenges starting out are just one day experiences, and for some of them, it is several months. We're gonna be working on this for a while, so Brian You know. That's hard for teachers in the classroom
0: mm-hmm. because they like to know you do one, two, three, four, and then you're done, and that's and it. Then you go to then and then you go to letter B, but it is not that way.
1: I think another, you work on it all the time. Yeah, I think another thing though that um, that drives me with this is like helping them to realize you can solve problems, even though you're a young person, and hopefully. Um, despite you being a young person, you will identify a problem, come up with some ideas and solutions and try it, see if it works. And if it doesn't work, as my friend Toya said, fail is first attempt in learning. It's okay, try again. We're gonna right. try to, you know change one thing. Um, so just, I don't know, giving them that confidence because y'all are, they're darn sure gonna need it in this world. You know, like you got to be able to be willing to tackle some tough issues. Um, and be okay with failure. And be okay with failure. Be okay with working with other people. Be okay with it taking more than one time. Um, be okay with taking ideas from others. And, um, you know, I, I just don't see any facet in their lives that's, that's currently or in the future where they're not going to benefit from STEM or STEAM instruction. Perfect. Okay,
0: well, tell me this, Um, and I'm gathering, and you tell me if I'm true, this is true or not, but I'm gathering that you have said you get a lot of your inspiration from the classroom teacher and what they've already done, Mm -hmm. and you like to build on it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So, what would you say to a classroom teacher, classroom, you know, that's considering really transforming her classroom and turning it into a STEM, and focused or STEAM-focused classroom? What would you tell them?
1: I would tell them to be open-minded, um, be willing to try it, even if it's something small, you know, like, and it doesn't, it may it may not be that you go through uh, creating a whole STEM module, you know, that lasts like four weeks or through a whole unit, but try something small. Try something yeah. small that's team building. Try something small that ends up, um leading into some argumentation and some dialogue in the classroom um I try, something, good. try something that's just just fun you know like get them outside or you know uh whatever and I was going to go back to that last question you asked me because I found that um looking at what other teachers do like what you do Bonnie um mm-hmm. or following other teachers on my like I have a, a teacher Instagram and so on that one I've 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 been very particular in curating specific teachers that I follow to see, and they are around the world. What does STEM look like or science look like in Australia? How are they doing these certain things like uh, at a high school level? Or even though I might be teaching electricity in fifth grade, what does electricity look like when they get to physical science? Um, You know, like maybe in in sixth, no, I think it's eighth grade. Yeah eighth grade I think is physical science in Georgia so what does it look like there um and so what what are the carryovers so I do I find myself doing a lot of research because I want to see what others are doing and learn from them be like oh okay i I could maybe do that a little bit better or I like how she explained that that was a great uh guiding question for the learning you know um and so I think that's what keeps me motivated is like looking to see, well, how are others doing this? And how, what am I doing well? Or hearing from other teachers like you, they're like, that was awesome. Can we talk about that? So it's almost like this um, positive feedback loop that just keeps me moving forward with what I'm what I'm interested in. But for the teachers that are, are considering it or willing to try it, um, like I said, ease yourself into it. Try something very simple. Maybe just set a personal goal that I would like to do a STEM challenge with my kids, one in the first semester, one in the second semester. Maybe the school year, you set a personal goal. I think I wanna do one in each content area. Maybe I wanna try to do one or one that incorporates two content areas. How could I pull together math and social studies and do a STEM challenge? Yes. Cool. You know, um, maybe the next year, just ease yourself into it. Maybe the next year you decide, I want to do a long-term project with them because I really could marry a lot of stuff together um, in this STEM challenge. And I think I should do it, you know, maybe halfway through the school year. I've started content. We've built uh, positive relationships already. So I know which kids are going to work well together. Here we go. Um, so I think be gentle with yourself. But don't be scared. Try it. Right. right. You know, I, there, have been th- there have been
0: some things that I've had in my classroom. And I, whenever I started using, I knew I had this uh, project that used Scratch Junior. Mm-hmm. I literally, I know how I am. I'm just the kind of person you got to rip the Band-Aid off or you just got to jump in the pool. So I literally pulled that lesson up because I was familiar with the curriculum. I was Mm -hmm. familiar with the format and I had first graders in the classroom and we just started. Now I had an iPad and they had an iPad and I learned right along with them and they had no idea, Mm -hmm. no idea Mm -hmm. that I was learning too. you know, and it was just, I mean, I'm not recommending do that all the time. I'm comfortable with that because I was comfortable with the, I knew exactly what was going to happen and how it was going to give us an instruction, you know, so I knew exactly that I would be okay. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you just have to learn right along with them. Mm-hmm. You know. And oh, even yeah. if you've read the lesson five times, say, tell them, say, I've never done this, but we're going to try it. Let's mm-hmm. see what happens. Mm-hmm.
1: You know? I'm um, okay. I was going to say I found that starting out, especially my first year, it was a huge learning curve, like understanding the content or the concept behind what I was teaching to make sure if the kids didn't get it, I could explain it, you know, and so looking for resources that could give me like a teacher background or help me understand the scientific principles behind What the kids are about to engage in. But I I think one thing about it is your perspective, how how open you are to learning new information and then being willing to learn that new information. Sometimes, like you said, right along with the kids, sometimes before or if it failed after, (laughs) you know, so it's the next time. All right.
0: So what are your favorite STEM books? Tell us that since you mentioned resources, what are some of your, or just STEM resources that you like your go-tos?
1: Um, I, We have DeKalb County uh, school district has provided us with a subscription to this um, online instructional content called STEM scopes. I don't know if you've ever yeah. heard of it. Okay. Familiar. Okay. So um, I do um, use that and reference that or, um, send our teachers to use that resource if they're not comfortable um with the science content because everything is laid out for them and there's that teacher background there's um art integration there's lots of literature and vocabulary and um so that was that's good to have that particular um laid out curriculum already there for you if that's where you're at right um, right but I've also found myself gravitating towards and learning a lot from other teachers. So, like, when I went to that NSTA conference um, a few years ago, I learned all about Paige Keeley and her probes. Have you heard of her, Paige Keeley? I haven't, no. But I do know about probes, so I'm interested. Yeah, so Paige Keeley writes these these probes where, like, it might be like a picture prompt and there's a question. And then it has maybe like a variety of answers. And I love, 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 love doing those with the kids. Um, oh, it's like phenomenon. Yeah. Type. Yes. Yeah, and so she has them for all different types of scientific content, but I've discovered she also has them for other content areas. I think she has some for math. Um, but I like using her books because they're great questions to figure out how the kids are thinking. And then I can figure out where to go with my lessons based off of the misconceptions that the kids have um, or make sure that in my my learning cycle, I put in time for them to research that thing so that I can come back to it and show it to them later. um, And I should see that their thinking has changed. Yeah. so that's cool. So I've really, really enjoyed using those page keely probes. And that was something I picked up at the NSTA conference. But then also being an NSTA member, um, I like going through their archives of lesson plans Um, Mm -hmm. and seeing like what kinds of plans they have that go or articles that they have from like science and children that go I love that. mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, with whatever I'm teaching. So that's great. Um, I also like going to the GSTA website, Georgia um, Science Teachers Association website, and looking at their Phenomena Bank. Um, yes, that's a good one. Yeah, and what stuff I can find there to support what I'm doing. Um, as far as books for adults, um, I read this book a few years ago called Lab Girl, which is where I got my uh, oh, okay. Twitter. My, uh, is it my Twitter? Is it my Instagram? That's where Wait, I got my handle It could be both. Okay. I'm pretty, I know
0: it's on Instagram, but no, I think it's Instagram. And then on Twitter, you're Miss Donnell. Okay. Okay. Maybe. So
1: I'm glad you know. That's sad. I don't know what my handles
0: are. Well, we are going to know because I will be putting it in the episode
1: notes. So if anybody wants to talk to you, they will give it. Okay. So this book called Lab Girl by Hope Jaron was just, Awesome. I loved how she um, used the life cycle of a tree and likened it to her life. It was really, really neat. But I learned so much information about like trees and how they um, can communicate with each other. And um, it was just really interesting. So that's a that's a cool read. Another one one I've not read that one. Okay, another one that I really enjoyed, and it all came from like a random TED Talk that I came past um, by Stephen Ritz. Is the power of a plant, Mm -hmm. and that was really cool. He was like a teacher in the Bronx um, or Brooklyn long time ago. He was like in this basement and had like the kids that like the the either it was a group of like special ed children and I think uh um like emotionally disturbed children that he was working with and nobody thought they were gonna amount to anything they were gonna do anything he'd gotten this box of like what he thought was onions (laughs) that was shipped to him at the school and he was like who sent me a box of onions so he took them back to his classroom and just threw them under this um this old uh heating element in, in their uh, steam heating thing. I don't know what it's called, but we don't have them down here unless maybe you're in an older home. I can't think of right. what. Anyway, space here, heater. not a space heater, but it's the old, is it they look Radiator. Yes. Yes. They okay. look like um they have sections. in. Uh-huh. Them. Yeah. Yeah. So he threw it up under there and just like kept teaching. Next thing he knew, two of the kids were about to get into a fight somebody reaches in the box. He thinks they about to pull out a weapon or something like that. They pull out what's in the box and throw it at the, the I think the boy throws it at the girl and it's these daffodils that have force bloomed because they were under that steam, right? Oh, so how isn't that interesting? So that diffused the fight. Then they started asking questions. Well, how did that happen? And how did these grow? And where did this come from? And based off of all these inquiries, he turned them into a whole hydroponics growing um, rooftop green uh, growing machine in the Bronx. And these kids wow. ended up getting you know, jobs, ended up working for the mayor's office, ended up being featured around the world, totally changed their lives, introduced them oh, to wow. healthy foods. And it was all because they just had some questions about what just happened in this box. So... That was it was a very powerful story. And his TED talk was like really cool. So I read that book. It was great. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, The Wild Card by um, Hope and Wade King, just to get you to think of like how you can engage your kids in a fun way. That's um, been a great book. Um, there's a STEAM book that one of my colleagues recommended. And so this is like my summer reading, <laughs> which I've actually enjoyed. I haven't finished it yet, but it's called An Educator's Guide to STEAM, Engaging Students Using Real-World Problems. And it was published in 2019. And um, great, great resource. I've really, it's got, I've been like making notes in the margins like, oh, I should try that. or Oh, I could extend this, you know, by adding this element to it. So I really enjoyed that. And then there's a book called What's Your Evidence? Um, If you're uh, trying to get your kids, get yourself comfortable with the 5E um, model of instruction and then also get your kids to be able to engage in argumentation both orally and in writing using the claim evidence reasoning structure, that's a great book to support you with that. So those are the ones I would recommend for adults. Then I have books for kids. <laughs> okay, tell us. Okay. So, of course, like, you know, Iggy Peck Architect and yes. what do you do with an idea. What do you do with a problem? Um, sheep in a Jeep, stuff like that. But um, I found for like our fifth graders, when we're talking about um, heredity, one of my friends, um, Pam, posted, posed this really good question about like, if, um, if geese are migrating in a V, you know, flight pattern, is that a learned or inherent, like uh, innate behavior? Uh, yes. And so the kids were like, um, oh, it's just, it's innate. You know, it's innate. And they, they just felt that these birds just know how to do this. But mm-hmm. we actually held a debate about this. And one of the books that the kids referenced was The Wild Robot. And um, how that flight pattern is actually a learned behavior because the birds have to learn how to stay in each other's uh, air current so that they're not working oh, Wow! Yeah, it was really cool. So I was like, ah, the wild robot. And then the wild robot escapes. It's just really neat. And it's a neat um, take on life. And um, who's the robot? Because we follow some serious patterns from day to day. We <laughs> how we... Um, Just red lights and lights. green lights. Mhm, mhm. So it, it was that's a cool book. Um, George's Secret Key to the Universe by Lucy and Stephen Hawking is a cool one. When you're talking about um, planets and um, uh, black holes and all that kind of stuff, a fourth grade they they probably would really enjoy reading that one. Um, he gives a lot of information in that text, so it's it's creative the way they explain it but it's actually very, very informative. Um, I'm trying to think what else. It's probably plenty more books that I could recommend, but those are some of the ones that I have really enjoyed and I've like directly applied them to what I've been teaching.
0: All right. You have just shared so many books with me. I've got like this list (laughs) going like, ooh, ooh, ooh." so so I've got to give some to you too. Okay. This one I read last summer and I am just... Oh I'm obsessed and I want I'm about to start reading another one of his books but you probably haven't heard of him. I don't even know how I found this book but his name is Tristan Gooley. He is the author mm-hmm. and he wrote the book The Lost Art of Reading Nature's Signs so, yes, he is a well-travelled person but he is from I'm pretty sure he's from the UK and you can follow him on Twitter. He often posts pictures. And says, tell me what direction I'm looking at. Mm. And it's a picture of a plant or something like that. Um, anyway, in the book, you will learn, like, if you were a hiker or a walker, like, completely how to look at a plant and say this direction is north or look at the sky and see a certain type of cloud and know exactly what's going to happen in two hours with the weather.
1: What, girl? I need to get that, like, now, now. Like- it is
0: insane.
1: What? <laughs>
0: okay, so I've been trying to slowly implement some of these things with my students, you know, and take something that I've learned from him and then show them, you know. But it is an amazing book. I follow him on Twitter and mentioning that. Okay, if you do anything after this, I'm talking to oh, excuse me, listeners, but if, listeners, if you do anything, go to Twitter. Follow um, Miss Donnell and follow iHeartSteam. Go keep one account just for your like professional Mm -hmm. learning network, like whether you make another account on Instagram or just Mm -hmm. Twitter and follow things you're interested in or what or STEM or STEAM or ELA or whatever it is, but learn from each other. And that's, I mean, that is so powerful. Mm -hmm. I've learned more from Twitter than I ever have from any kind of brought in, you know, professional training, to be quite honest, because it keeps going. It doesn't Mm -hmm. stop Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and it keeps supporting you and you can ask a question and get answers. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But so there's that book, the, um, back to books, (laughs) um, the lost art of reading nature signs. Mm -hmm. And then I am totally obsessed with everything Neil deGrasse Tyson. Okay. He is an astronomer, and you will love. I'm telling you, you will love him. Um, He has for children look up with me, and I have I've created a whole unit on that book. But if you can if you can make a purchase for yourself, I actually recently purchased Masterclass on Mm -hmm. the iTunes App Store. Have you heard about it?
1: I have heard about it, but
0: I I need to look into it further. Okay, well, it's expensive. It was a it's one hundred and eighty dollars a year mm-hmm. if you want unlimited access. And mm-hmm. I sort of I wanted it, but mm-hmm. he has a class on there, and you can purchase just one class. You don't have to buy the whole yearly subscription. Okay. But his class, let me tell you, I could listen to him. Listening to him talk is like eating the best cake you've ever eaten in your life. Oh. <laughs> okay. He is amazing. He actually was the um, curator at the, um, oh, it's a really famous planetarium in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, makes me want to go grab the book real quick because I can't. The, the Hayden Planetarium. Okay. Okay. And so anyway, it's all about him. And when he was 14 years old, he did his first, I guess, like uh, presentation to scientists mm-hmm. about stars. Mm -hmm. So he's totally everything stars. I just love listening to him him talk. He's a great, he's, he's, you can listen to him on Ted talks. You can find him on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, you're going to be obsessed. Okay. I'm totally obsessed with him right now. Okay. But anyway, all right, Miss, Miss Megan Donnell, I'm so glad that you've been with me today. Do you remember you said, I hope that we have enough to talk to talk about. Can you see the timer like me?
1: I'm looking at it.
0: I am shocked.
1: (laughs) Wow. You You did.
0: I told you listeners. I want to thank Miss Megan Donnell for being here and look her up on Instagram. She's K5 lab, lab girl. I'm pretty sure Twitter is Ms. Donnell, but I will put all of her information in the episode notes And I want to thank
1: all the listeners for being here. And thank you, Megan, for being here. Thank you for the invitation. This has been fantastic. What a great first experience with podcasting.
0: I'm so glad you enjoyed it. And I just want to tell everybody, thank you for listening one more time. And make sure that if you like what you hear, leave a review and hit that subscribe button to the iHeartSteam teach your podcast, and I will see you in the next episode.